Debt taxes in Duval, and my goodness, the brand-new facility is off the chart, the Miller Electric Center. It's like a whole new world for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Good to be with you. My name is Rick Bully, alongside Hayes Carline. Hayes, your thoughts on the new building, and as well, say hello to our sponsor. Yeah, it's uh, first off, uh, great work at ACC uh, Media Days, Rick. I enjoyed all the coverage, and uh, it's good to have you back. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's spectacular. I am, uh, it's awesome. Fans have been able to get out there for a few days and see it. And I tell you, it certainly uh, makes it nice for us. Uh, there's a lot of shade, which my dermatologist appreciates. And uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's good. It's a f- just a phenomenal facility, and uh, it's going to be a great facility for the Jaguars for many, many years to come and and yeah we do uh certainly appreciate john spicklemeyer our good buddy spicklemeyer insurance agency for all your car insurance needs uh give john a call just make sure you're not paying too much that's it that's all it is just make sure you're not paying too much for car insurance because there's a good chance you might be john can look at it uh look at your policy he can say one of two things he's going to say your policy looks great stick with this one or he's going to say look i can save you some money here and trust me he has saved me hundreds of dollars uh and he's just a great friend so john spicklemeyer spicklemeyer insurance agency give him a call 471-7155 again 471-7155 and uh yeah rick i i i know uh i know it's it's early but man i i don't know this is the 11th team i've covered i think this team has the potential to, I think, bury any Jaguars team, including 2017, uh, that I've seen. It's early on, but I don't, I've, they've never had the balance that I think they have now. And offensively, they're just a complete show right now. Yeah, it's fun to watch. And as you pointed out, I just got back from Charlotte early this morning. Uh, so I missed practices one and two, uh, covering the Atlantic Coast Conference football meetings, but I was able to to be there for the practice uh, today on Friday, as well as I'll be there tomorrow and in every other practice the rest of the way. But to me, it just felt different. I mean, you go back three years ago, it's Marone, then it's Urban. Then last year, year one with Doug Peterson, just the overall culture, the overall feel of, uh, of confidence with, with really everyone associated with the program. I mean, you and I have seen the lowest of lows and, where it was almost like a job, I mean, to be out there and cover this team. And for them, it was like, you know, how much longer do we have to practice? And when can we get out of this building? Uh, losing is such an awful scenario. And uh, obviously, Jaguar fans uh, experience that. But this just feels like a winning program and a team that can really do some good things. Yeah, what a, what a player Calvin Ridley might be. I mean, what, what, were, yeah. your, what were your impressions uh, of, of Ridley? You know, I probably spent 30 minutes just really keying in on him and the uh, and the wide receivers uh, early on in practice when they were going through individual drills. He's quicker than anyone I've ever seen, and that's saying something if you look at some of the you know quick twitchy guys that this uh, this organization has had. But um, it just feels like you know there's truly a number one wide receiver that you have not seen around here in forever. I mean, maybe Justin Blackman, but. You know, that's obviously somewhat of a mirage. And it also feels like it's having an effect. I mean, we know that Zay Jones made a really good grab today in, uh, on, on, you know, some one-on-one drills, a, a one-handed snag. And Christian Kirk had very good seasons a year ago. 
but it almost feels like the presence of Calvin Ridley and just the fact that he's going out there and leading by example is rubbing off on the other two wide receivers. So I'm expecting enormous numbers out of that group, but you can really tell that there's a difference with Ridley and it's a cool feeling. Uh, it's got to be for Jag fans knowing that they have a number one wide receiver. Absolutely. The other uh, interesting thing, you know, and, and it's so early. Everything is sort of you're you're picking up vibes more than anything else. There's not enough data for us to have like concrete, you know, this is what's going right. This is what's going wrong. It's still so early on. So everything's kind of a feel at this point. But I'll kind of tell you where I think the feel is, at least for me with this team, from a big picture macro standpoint. I think this is going to be a real player-driven team, which is the best kind. And I'm curious if you've ever covered, you know, maybe it was some of the great Florida State teams. There's a difference between being good and being championship good. And sometimes, sometimes it can be a missing player. Sure, so you know, adding a, a another talented player might put you over the top. A lot of times, it's just how well the team gels together and do how much accountability do the players take? Do the coaches have to sort of drag the team or do the players kind of push everything and the coaches become more guides? It feels to me that this has the makings of that potentially from a leadership standpoint because every positional group has a veteran that you would love to lean on. Uh, as a coach or as a young player. And while it is still a young team, it really feels like they have got a group that really enjoys being around each other, enjoys pushing each other. There's a a friendly competition there, which is good. But it, it almost seems like this could be a scenario where if you're Doug Peterson and your staff, I mean, you may be able to take uh, a little bit of, of the hand off the wheel, so to speak, because they seem so driven as players uh, to do the right thing day in and day out. It's 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 a good vibe, but it's uh, I'm curious if uh, if if you've ever experienced that or, or what your thoughts are on if this team could could be like that. Yeah, you know, it's a great point. And, and um, you know, Doug Peterson talked about that briefly. I, I can't remember if it was the, the week before the draft or if it was actually during one of the camp uh, interview sessions that he had. But, you know, his point was you can coach them in so many different ways and, and, you know, you can do whatever it takes to try to get them to do what's best. But when it comes down to it, there are certain things that veteran leaders in the locker room can do that only they can do. And no matter how much coaching, no matter how hard you push them or you lay off or you give them a day off or, you know, cancel a, a, a mini camp or, you know, run them, um, you know, extra conditioning, whatever it could be, it, it comes down to some of those veterans. And I think this football team has it, you know, that the team that got here in 95, it was a, it was a different scenario. If you remember Carolina really loaded up with primetime free agents and obviously had uh, plenty of draft picks, much like the Jaguars, Jacksonville didn't go out and spend a ton of money early on on primetime free agents. They, they brought in a lot of street free agents, a lot of B free agents, and, and kind of used that uh, as a patchwork. But once that offensive line started to come together, to me, that is always the dominant part of that club. And, you know, you can bring up Brunel and, and Taylor and, and Jimmy and Keenan 
Sure. But to me, it was our colleague, Leon Searcy. It was Ben Coleman. You know, it was a, a, a wisely veteran in, uh, in Dave Wydell. And of course, the, the superstar they drafted in Tony Baselli. To me, that was the group. That was the identity of that football team. They were the leaders. When we would go into the locker room then, that group was never in the training room. And, you know, let's dodge the media today. We're losing some football games. They, they sat there and answered each and every question. You said every position group has a leader. Uh, I do want to agree with that. But, boy, I really wish someone would step up on that offensive line. Is it going to happen in year two with Fortner? Is he the type of guy? Is it Walker Little? You know, Cam's got his issues. Sheriff kind of has the feel that he could be that guy. And maybe he is when we don't see it. But, I, you know, I, it, it just doesn't appear that, that he's vocal like that, that he's more of a leader by example. So they have the leaders. There's no doubt. Trevor's turning into one. Wrigley's one. Ingram's one. They got some guys on defense. But I just wish there was a little bit more identity on that offensive line. Yeah, and that's going to be the position that I think is in the most flux because of what you uh, you know hinted at with Cam Robinson being out for four games. Uh, I do think there isn't much drama there. I think he's the week five left tackle, but uh, how do they go about getting ready for the opener through the first few days? Uh, he's certainly taken way fewer reps at left tackle with the ones than Walker Little. Uh, so, I mean, obviously the plan for now is to get Walker Little ready for week one and they'll figure out Cam Robinson as they go. Uh, Cam met with reporters yesterday. I I was surprised, was was very pleasant because um, obviously that's not a, an easy topic, you know, to discuss the suspension. But to his credit, took accountability for it and said that, you know, they have a plan that he and, and Doug Peterson have, have talked and They've got a plan for getting him ready for week five and and he's he's comfortable with it. So I but it's still going to be interesting to see the rotations as we progress into camp. You know, how do they handle it when they go to Detroit? Uh, At what point do you shift from experimental to, okay? now we really got to start worrying about Indianapolis September 10th. I'm fascinated to see how they play it out because. You've got, like to your point, you've got so many variables. You've got a rookie at right tackle. Uh, you know, right guard is solidified. Center is solidified. But left guard and left tackle, I mean, th- there's three of your five spots that, you know, could all have some fairly radical movement. You know, Barch is on pup. So, you know, Doug said, you know, he's probably two or three weeks away. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that line comes together by the time they do get to Indianapolis September 10th. Yeah, it's really disappointing that Ben Barch is not ready. I think he went down October 9th, maybe October 10th. I, you know, who am I to judge rehabilitation and how long it takes? Everyone's different. But it would be nice to have him competing right here now in, in late July. Uh, will he get an opportunity to play in a preseason game? That'll be intriguing. You know, I, I thought Walker Little, Devin Lloyd, and Trayvon Walker, it's not like I'm, I'm not – you know, noting each and every play, but it seems like they took so many more reps than anyone else today because, you know, Little and uh, Little and Cam working at uh, left tackle, and then Cam would work at left tackle, and they'd slide Walker Little at times in at left guard. So now in his three years, he's worked at right tackle, left tackle, and now getting some work in at left guard. That can only be considered a very good thing. And then, you know, watching Devin Lloyd, he was doubling up on reps today. He was out there with the, 
with the first team. And then they mixed up some uh, defenses today where, you know, even on some seven on sevens, if you will, with Muma playing next to him. But he did all sorts of things. And I, I also found it interesting today, Hayes, that, you know, Walker on one side and Allen on the other. But then when Chason comes in, Walker would flip and go to the other side. And again, getting double reps. So, I, you know, I mean, it's early. And I, I watched it with Dave Campo, certainly knows a tremendous amount of football. But I don't know if you witnessed that as well. It, it felt like Little, Walker, and Lloyd were doubling up today as far as snaps. Yeah, and, and again, that's that's a good eye. And, and absolutely, you know, I think you're going to see some experimentation and, and cross-training. And look, these guys, as they grow, you know, you can put more on them. So uh, I am excited to see, you know, how how all that continues to develop. I talked to Aluakon after... Uh, practice and and he really said Devin Lloyd has come a long way mentally that uh, he's playing much faster. Uh, Foye doesn't have to take time to kind of let him know pre-snap. Okay, this is exactly what you're doing. So, uh, you know, I I not only does that make obviously Devin Lloyd much better, it'll help Aluakon. And uh, you know, so that was interesting. And yeah, I mean, the Trayvon from talking to Trayvon yesterday. Uh, you can sense that there's a comfort zone. He looks leaner too, which makes sense. You know, because he, he's not. You know, obviously Georgie was asked to play in the interior a lot, uh, and he was never like heavy last year. But it seems like he's, it seems like he's a little bit leaner. That maybe he's lost a little bit of weight uh, to try and add some quickness uh, to his game. So. I, you know, it, it will be fun seeing those guys develop. And one thing that I thought was interesting today, and I'm curious if it's, I'm always curious when another club gets a major injury scare, how, if that ever affects how the Jaguars go about their business. So obviously Joe Burrow had the injury yesterday in Cincinnati camp and the video looked like he absolutely could have popped his Achilles. They're, they're saying it's a calf issue and, uh, and hopefully he'll be fine. I don't know that anything is officially has come out this morning, but, uh, but it made me wonder because it seemed like Trevor was getting fewer reps today. And then when they ran the gassers to close the practice, Trevor's like the only guy not running. So it was like, well, why is Trevor not running? The other two quarterbacks are running. Uh, the entire team is running. And Trevor obviously isn't like entitlement guy where he's like, oh, I'm not going to do the gassers. I'm too good for that. We know that's not the case. So he was talking to a coach. So I didn't. It was like, well, is he? Is he not running the gassers because he's in like a deep conversation with Mike McCoy about yeah. something, but they could have that conversation after he runs the gassers. So, or if they pretty much told him, look, the field's kind of wet. Uh, I, I mean, is, is the odds of something happen running those things would be one in, you know, probably a thousand, but it did make me wonder, like, are they deliberately not having Trevor run the gassers because they're afraid of, of something happening? Yeah. I mean, I, it's a petrifying feeling and, you know, I was in Charlotte at the ACC meetings and all of a sudden it popped up and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And the first thing I thought of was Jacksonville faces Cincinnati. But if, if that was the deal and it was an Achilles, uh, Cincinnati season would have been over on July 27th. That's right. And, and that is just demoralizing. Yeah. And, you know, Jalen goes down, down south in Miami. He's going to probably miss, you know, the first quarter of the season, maybe the first half of the season. Luckily for him. It wasn't a torn ACL that that is still intact, but that's the biggest fear. And, you know, I talked to a lot of great quarterbacks at the ACC meetings like this, you know, Drake May, the, the all ACC 
player of the year as a freshman and, and uh, you know, club Nick and Jordan Travis, the list just goes on and on and on. It, it applies to college football as well. You lose your quarterback with today's football in, in, in professional ball and in college ball, your season's over yep. and th- there's nothing that you can do about it. So, you know, coaches have always said, Going 100% is the best thing that you can do. Most injuries happen when you're not going 100%. I'm with you, though. As far as Trevor, and once you get into these preseason games, I know the fans want to see it. You know, we're going to get to a point before you know it where I've had enough of this preseason. When does a regular season get underway? I mean, I'm thinking the least amount of preseason work that I would ever give this guy. I, I would literally trust what you see in practice and you know maybe in game two you give them a quarter quarter and a half but um it goes back to what i said earlier case about that offensive line and and having an identity but you know we can spend all our time talking about that the situation with joe burrow and and even look at you know the guy who played quarterback at clemson before trevor lawrence remember deshaun watson he's torn acls oh yeah he did it in a similar fashion like burrow where it was a non-contact deal and he just you know twisted it and and tore it right there out on the practice field so yeah that that's really scary for every single football team yeah it absolutely is and uh before we get out of here oh i wanted to say rick uh uh, for planning purposes i so i think the first practice in pads is tuesday so why don't we try to do uh another death taxes in duval maybe after that practice and uh that'd be fun to uh and and maybe we'll get one uh later in the week as well but uh um usually we come to you guys you know late in the week uh, but maybe we'll throw a uh, a first padded practice edition out there on Tuesday, uh, following that. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's going to be fun to see how uh, how it continues to progress. Hopefully, we do not see the cart uh, all training camp. That would be lovely, and uh, certainly that new facility is is just spectacular. So, want to thank John Spicklemeyer uh, before Rick signs us out. Four seven one seven one five five. Give John a call uh, for all your car insurance needs. See if he can see- save you some money. I mean, he certainly save me money. No one wants to be paying more for their car insurance than they have to. So give them a call 471-7155 Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. He also does great work with uh, the youth organization, sports organization that he grew up with, Mandarin Athletic Association. Uh, so if you're looking to get your uh, child involved in, in football and cheerleading, uh, mandarintigers.com to uh, to get more information there. So appreciate John Spicklemeyer and uh, Rick Witt's here, man. Uh, you know how I am. I've been waiting for this since like March. So uh, finally, it's here. <laughs> well, it is here, and I'm fully invested. I'm uh, I'm excited, and uh, it's going to be just a tremendous season. And uh, the the hype is, uh, uh, you know what? It's it's real, and it should be real. Jaguar fans at this point should be absolutely uh, just blown away with excitement about this football team. Yes, thank you to John as well. Uh, hey, um, our listeners, we love their comments. It's always a big part of what you and I do. Uh, off the podcast, let's talk about the commentary that we receive from our listeners. You can get me at Blue1010XL. How about you? Yeah, please reach out at Hayes Carlion. We love your feedback, Duval. As always, we appreciate the time. For Hayes, I'm Rick. This is Death, Taxes, and Duval. I won't be